Welcome to Behind the Standards with United Rentals. This is the podcast where we discuss construction safety, specifically trench excavation and confined space safety, but also other topics that deal with general job site safety as well. I am Rick Plosinski, Customer Training Specialist for United Rentals Trench Safety, and with me are Sarah Caparici and TJ Bryson. Sarah, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, my name is Sarah Caparici. I'm a district sales manager for the Southwest District. I'm located out of Denver, but my District actually covers Southern California, Las Vegas, and Phoenix, and I've been with United Rentals for 16 years. Excellent. Thank you. And TJ? Uh, yeah. Hi, Rick. So my name's TJ Bryson. I'm the district manager in the Mid-Central District for uh, United Rentals Trench Safety. Uh, spanning the states of New York, Western New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, Michigan, Kentucky, Tennessee, and a small part of Mississippi. Now, the purpose of our podcast is to inform, educate, and hopefully clarify some of the more common misconceptions around safety in the construction world. Today, we will be discussing tabulated data for trench and excavation safety systems. What is tabulated data? What information can be found in tabulated data? How is it used? And the most common misunderstandings about this very important document. So tabulated data, as defined by OSHA, is the tables and charts needed to create and construct a excavation and trench protection system. And TJ, there is a lot more to tabulated data than just the OSHA standard. Can you break this down a bit further and tell us what is tabulated data? What information can be found in this document? Yeah, absolutely, Rick. So, you know, the manufacturer's tabulated data, it spans a lot of information for a competent person. So I just kind of run down a list of things that are typically on, on manufacturer's tabulated data, including uh, the scope of what the, the tabulated data is referencing, the definitions uh, for words and terminology that might go along with that, uh, the OSHA soil classifications, uh, general presentation of the, of the information that's being presented in the manufacturer's tabulated data, the basis and limitations for the shoring or shielding system, uh, the inspection process uh, that a competent person would be required to review, examples and illustrations on how to use the shoring or shielding system, and uh, at times, just depending on the manufacturer's tabulated data, uh, general tables and charts uh, with representations and drawings of, of the system itself. And then last, it includes notes and general, general notes that go along with that manufacturer's tabulated data. So how is this document actually used out in the field? It, yeah, great question. So typically a, a competent person, when they receive a system, a shoring system or a shielding system, uh, the competent person would review that document, uh, you know, just, just so that they understand uh, what the limitations, the installation process is, and then certainly during the inspection process. So, so it will sort of show them the guidelines of what to inspect uh, during the use of that particular system. Uh, the key component there is, is regardless of what uh, shoring system or shielding system you're using, that manufacturer's tabulated data represents a registered professional engineer's stamped uh, tabulated data. So it serves as, as an engineered system uh, documentation uh, for basis of limitations of usage, as long as they follow the guidelines within the manufacturer's tabulated data. So let me ask you this then, Sarah, what type of information, so we understand what the information can be found in tab data. Does tab data cover every situation, Sarah? No, and as TJ mentioned, you know, the tabulated data does provide 
specifications, limitations on that particular product from the manufacturer. But as we all know, not every job site is the perfect scenario. Um, certain challenges arise that contractors encounter and will then require some additional additional systems to be made in order to, in order for it to be safe and work in that environment. So there are a lot of things, in other words, that tabulated data covers that you need to follow, but at the same time, it also, but it doesn't necessarily talk about every scenario where it's, where it needs to be used. And likewise, it doesn't exclude everything that might not be allowed to use with the systems, right? So are there some examples of like common situations that tab data might not explicitly cover, but yet are accepted maybe engineering practices that can be followed out in the field? Yes, I mean, it's a steel trench boxes for an example. It's not stated on the actual box, the tab data, but you can use steel trench boxes with, use actual panels as the end panels, or you can use slide rail panels as the end panels, um, road plates as well. So as long as they're not resting up against the spreaders. So, you know, ultimately you can use one system, one trench box with two other systems and have three sets of tabulated data on that job site to cover the entire system. Beam spreaders are another example that aren't listed on tabulated data that can be used instead of eight inch regular spreaders. And again, that's there is tab data that goes along with that, which gives us the limitations of exactly how wide we can go. So yeah, it really does depend. Like I said, I mean, there's so many different scenarios that these things can be used in. It's really hard to kind of pinpoint down exactly what may or may not be acceptable to use out in the field. Yeah, correct. And so that's where, you know, the best situation is to have somebody come out there who knows what, you know, who's qualified, knows the legality behind it, um, to take a look at the job site and come up with a solution that is not only going to be legal, but also the safest way to do it. Legal, safest, and we want to make sure that they can still get their job done, right? And really, that's the name of the game. That's kind of what we're we're here to do, make sure everybody's safe and make sure everybody can get the job done and go home in the same condition as they did when they started. TJ, let me ask you this. Is tab data, there are so many different manufacturers of protective systems out there. Is tab data interchangeable between all of those different systems? Yeah, that's a great question, Rick. So, and that comes up oftentimes in the field with contractors. The answer to that question is, is no. Sometimes... Uh, you will not be able to interchange components uh, depending on whichever type of system you're utilizing in the manufacturer's tabulated data. But then there are other times where, uh, for instance, we've got a generalized tabulated data uh, that United Rentals had created uh, that will allow for those components uh, from different manufacturers to be utilized. Really, the key to that is, is most of the United Rentals representatives throughout North America and Canada are familiar with where a system and manufacturer systems can be interchanged or not. And when they're not, uh, we typically lean on our internal engineering to help us navigate those waters, create a piece of tabulated data that will allow us to utilize those systems interchangeably outside of the manufacturer's tabulated data with with an internal uh, engineered site-specific tabulated data. And Sarah, it's probably a really good point to point out here, too, is that whenever a system is being sent out, a copy of tabulated data goes with it with each and every delivery. Correct. It has to. And if OSHA were to come onto the job site, the first thing they're going to ask is, where's the competent person and where's the tabulated data? So yeah, that's something that we'll either hand to them or we'll email it over to the contractor so they have a hard copy or an electronic copy as well. And to TJ's point, 
it is manufacturer specific. And in some cases, it's even serial number specific. So if you have, like TJ was pointing out, if you have a piece of speech or equipment, have a copy of speech or tabulated data. If you have a piece of GME equipment, make sure you have a, a copy of GME tabulated data. So again, they are not necessarily interchangeable, but to your point, some of them are. We do have some tabulated data that is interchangeable. Correct. And then even, you know, if you have two eight by 24 boxes on site, one of them is a GME, one of them is a speech or the depth ratings do not always match. And so that's why it's really important to have the correct tab data for that specific serial number with the correct box. So Sarah, what are some of the common misunderstandings you hear in the field that you would like to clarify about manufactured trench safety equipment? I mean, there's quite a number of these, right, that we could kind of go through, but can you give us some examples of those? Yeah, I think one of the biggest misunderstandings I heard when I was a sales rep in the field um, or when I taught classes is the 20 foot rule. Contractors believe that anything greater than 10, 20 foot depth must have job specific engineering stamped. Um, what they don't understand is, you know, a box that's rated for 24 foot depth, the tabulated data for that box is already the job specific engineering. That's all they need for it. And so where the 20 foot rule does come in is, you know, if a contractor is sloping or benching and it's beyond 20 feet, then it will require a job specific engineering plan. But beyond that, as long as the tabulated data is, is rated for the overall depth that they're going to, then they're covered. So tabulated data kind of supersedes OSHA standards in a way. Correct. The way I always looked at it, or what I explained to my, my customers is you ultimately take the stricter rule. So for example, if you know five feet deep is when you start to when you're required to have a shoring system in place, according to OSHA, your contractor or employer may say, no, we want a four foot rule. We, we want it to be more strict. Ultimately, that's what you have to follow. And I think the same thing happens with tabulated data and OSHA. Um, whatever's more strict is what you need to is what you need to follow. Yeah. And if tabulated data says that you can use a system at 24 feet, well, then that is acceptable because, again, you are following option three of the requirements for protective systems basically tells you that, look, as long as you are using a piece of equipment that is designed and that protective system is designed and stamped by a registered professional engineer, then that basically supersedes any of the designs that are contained within the OSHA subpart P standard. Correct. And another, I mean, another rule that I, I always heard in the field that I think we should make clear to everybody too is the 18-inch rule, where you know contractors have been told that the box must be above the ground 18 inches, whereas that's actually not the case. The 18-inch rule applies when you're actually using a trench box um, while you're sloping. The slope must then start 18 inches below the top of that trench box. But your box can be right in line with the ground as long as debris is not falling in. So ultimately, it comes up, it comes down to the competent person and for them to take a look at the situation and determine what makes more sense. And is it a safe environment for that person to be in who's in the trench? Yeah, it's that letter of interpretation, right? The dated June 2nd of 2005 that states that as long as your equipment and spoils are kept back at least two feet and you have no slope. And that's what's interesting. They say no slope. 
So you have to have a completely even grade. And again, your equipment and materials are at least two feet back. Then your trench shield does not have to extend above the top level of that excavation. If, however, you have any type of slope, then that's when you have to have that 18-inch roll, right? Correct. Yes. Now this, Sarah and I both have encountered this in our careers, you know, going back to the conversation about when you talk about the limitations of the information on the manufacturer's tabulated data, is oftentimes the solutions and, and systems that we provide to the contractors in the field, for instance, a steel trench box, the manufacturer tabulated data doesn't say specifically that you can turn that shield up on end or uh, on, on its bottom side. Uh, you can you can maneuver trench shields in a manner that will still be covered by the manufacturer's tabulated data. And oftentimes, Sarah and I both have, have seen in our careers that typically a contractor will assume that because it's not in the tabulated data, to her point earlier, that they need a, a registered professional engineer's site-specific design to utilize a, a standard system in a particular way, when in reality, most of the manufacturer's have notes and addendums that can be attached to whether it's a, a, a generic non-serialized uh, system or it's a serialized system on, on means and methods to accomplish a particular excavation in a, in, in a situation that, you know, no pun intended, but sort of out, outside the box thinking, they have several notes and addendums uh, that, that are partnered up and provided to, to be able to accomplish a particular excavation uh, without a, a registered professional engineer stamp. So I just wanted to add that because I think I think both of us have seen that, that in our career, and, and it's at times it seems to be uh, an, an awareness thing that's misunderstood at times. So, and and TJ, I, and I think you've probably even seen this before too, where even though if it if it is specifically or explicitly uh, not allowed within the tabulated data, that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't go back to the manufacturer and get a special addendum sent to us so that it can be used in a particular uh, type of situation. I know uh, one of the examples that we use is it, that we use in class often is the twenty foot spreader length, right? So there are some systems where you could have no more than 20, 20 foot long spreaders. But there might be some instances where people need longer than 20 feet. Maybe it's just a couple of additional feet. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't go back to the manufacturer and get them to stamp on some addendum. You got it. And, and typically, Rick, those scenarios um, are just identified through, through uh, deliberate communication uh, with the competent personal site to identify what a soil description is and uh, what the parameters of the, and scope of the project are. And then I would say typically uh, we're able to get that note and addendum uh, to exceed the manufacturer's tabulated data on that particular excavation and for that one only. Now, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a, a, a registered professional engineer site-specific plan from a, you know, a new design, but it's, it's just a continuation of of the manufacturer's tabulated data with an addendum. So, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a safety buffer that's, that is basically engineered into all of these systems. And if you need something that might go a little bit beyond that buffer, we can certainly send that back to the manufacturer and they can look at it. But to your point, they're going to ask for a whole lot of information back before they can make that determination. Sarah, you're kind of nodding your head there. You've, you've come across this in the past. So I have, I have, and typically, you know, just providing 
the soils. Um, it is job specific, so they will have all the information um, where the project's located, what type of soil. And then they're also going to want to know, um, you know, they're going to tell you exactly which trench box we use. So speech or, for example, if it's if I approach them to write me a letter, it's, it has to be a speech or a box has to match the serial number that's that I provided for them. And basically their letter will just state that, yes, you may use 22 foot long, eight inch schedule 80, you know, spreaders for this particular box for this particular job site. So it's um, the manufacturers work pretty well with us and uh, they're pretty open to doing things like that. So if somebody owned an older piece of equipment, and they had misplaced their copy of tab data. Is there a resource to where you they can actually go and find that information? Um, a lot of times the serial number will be welded on the side of the box. There's some cases where it's not. If they remember where they purchased it from, then, you know, if it's from us, we can look in our system and try to get the information that way. But for the most part, as long as the serial number is written on the side, and typically, I mean, TJ and I can tell which brand it is based off that serial number. They're pretty generic, you know, with the, you know, GME start with an M or a UM, whereas, you know, versus speech or so. Yeah. And then contacting the, uh, the manufacturer, they can easily get us whatever we need. So to add to that, that that's an interesting conversation. Um, throughout my 14 years in the industry, I've done a lot of inspections where a contractor would call and ask me to come out and do a quick inspection on a steel shield that they had laying in their yard and to help them identify the manufacturer and to gain some tabulated data so that they could begin using it again. And the funny thing is, is, is when I, I started finding steel trench shields that were designed and built uh, pre-1991, and during those conversations, we were unable to find manufacturer's tabulated data because, that, because of the requirements in, say, 1989 or 1988, uh, at the time, uh, there was no tabulated data that was being archived because of the regulations. But anything post-1991, I've always been able to find the manufacturer's tabulated data. But anything older than that, the recommendation had always always been, you know, we didn't carry any tabulated data. We never archived prior to that. Uh, that, that box may, may need to be, have another engineer take a look at it and create uh, manufacturer's tabulated data for it. Yeah, and any of those homemade protective systems that if you've just decided to take a couple of plates and weld a couple of spreaders together, or maybe you're just going to take some four-by-fours and pound them in between, remember this, that you always have to have tabulated data that corresponds with that to show that that's acceptable. I mean, if you're using timber shoring, that comes out of the OSHA standard. Okay, so be it. If you are using a hydraulic vertical shores, not only can you find tabulated data from the manufacturer, but you also have have tabulated data that also comes from the subpart P standard. But if you are using something that you are just kind of creating in and of itself, you got to get it stamped off. You can't just take that out to the job site and just assemble it and just expect that, oh yeah, this is going to be good. Correct. And I've encountered quite a bit of that over my career. Um, I've had customers ask me to come out as well, take a look at this box that they bought at an auction. That's not a manufacturer we cover and they want to somehow turn it into a four-sided system using our maps panels. And, you know, I explained to them, I'm like, they're two different brands. The corners don't match up. 
you know, so if you were to try to MacGyver something like this, I mean, it, it needs to be looked at by a professional engineer and have them sign off on it. But I cannot provide you any tab data for it. Uh, Sarah, TJ, anything else you'd like to add about manufactured protective systems? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just throughout throughout my time in the industry, um, I've just found out that there's there's such an abundant amount of information that the manufacturers will will provide. Uh, as long as as long as the questions are being asked and the competent person on the job site is is competent enough to to know when they are within or without the limitations of the tab data, once we're engaged, uh, once United Rentals has been contacted and a representative has has been communicated on what the scenario and the scope of the project is, there's not an excavation out there that we haven't been able to either one provide a, a manufacturer's uh, piece of tabulated data to accomplish the job either with a note or an addendum or within the standard tab data, or two, uh, by, by going to our internal engineers and, and, and stamping off on a site-specific site engineered system for that particular job. So I, I, guess, I guess in closing, I would say uh, in my 14 years in this industry, I haven't found an excavation could, could not figure out how to shore or shield to protect a, a company's employees. Yeah, and I'll piggyback on that. I as, I as well. I mean, they weren't always the prettiest and it wasn't always the easiest to come up with, but um, there's always, there's so much out there that will allow us to put something together to make it safe and make it legal and we'll get the job done for the customer. So we have resources all over the country that we can grab equipment wherever we need. And so we'll always try to make it work. TJ, Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. So this has been Behind the Standards with United Rentals. Now, should you have any questions about this topic or have suggestions about other topics that we could cover, please send us an email to urtspodcast at ur.com. On behalf of Sarah, TJ, and myself, thanks for listening. Have a great day and stay safe.